Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Verse one, in the beginning, the word. Now that's in my Bible, that's capitalized. Word is capitalized. So that stands for Jesus. It's really important that you understand. It's gonna give you context for the rest of this scripture that every time you see the word, word, that actually means Jesus. So in the beginning, Jesus, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word, that's Jesus, gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. I love this verse. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Let's jump to verse 10. It says, he, Jesus, came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. That's really good news, by the way. Verse 13, it says, they are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, hello, but a birth that comes from God. Verse 14, don't miss this. So the word Jesus became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Let's skip down to Philippians chapter two. Philippians chapter two, uh, we're gonna start in verse six. It says this, though he, talking about Jesus again, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, I've had a lot of coffee this morning and so maybe it's just me, but reading those two chunks of scripture absolutely fires me up seeing who Jesus is. Um, man, I'm fired up. And so, uh, in fact, over the next few minutes, I want to talk to you over this, this topic. So if you're taking notes, write this down. I think that they're going to check, see what, if you took notes in church when you get to heaven. Um, maybe. I don't know. But write, write this down. Jesus is, today we're going to be talking about Jesus is one of a kind. Jesus is one of a kind. Let's pray. God I pray that you help us understand what it means that Jesus is one of a kind. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I prayed real short today. Okay, Uh, how many of you know uh, that there are certain things and certain people in life that are just simply one of a kind? You know, there's, there's nothing like them. There's certain things, there's certain, and the very first thing that I thought of when I started thinking about this whole principle of the fact that there's certain things and certain people in life that are one of a kind, 
I started thinking about the city of Cincinnati. Come on, there's nothing like our city. I love our city so much. 2.1 million people, some of the best people on planet Earth. Um, I'm telling you, the culture, the, the, the rich history, how beautiful it is. This is my first fall in Cincinnati, and I'm loving it. All the, all the trees and the leaves, and, the, and they're all falling now, and it looks like it's snowing, but it's not. It's just leaves. And like, man, our city is awesome, don't you think? Man, it's one of a kind. I love it. I love it. But here, here's something that I found that's so like, incredibly one of a kind about Cincinnati is its food, okay? Um, and specifically, the first thing that I thought of was Actually, Cincinnati chili. Cincinnati chili is one of a kind. Now, this Tennessee boy, I mean, when I think of chili, I don't think of exactly what Cincinnati chili is. So I had to orient myself when I come, and I love it. It's awesome. In fact, um, how, how many people we got? We got some. Uh, we got some Gold Star people in the room. Come on, just raise your hand. We some. We some Gold Star. What about some Skyline people? We some Skyline people. Why don't, why don't, why don't want you, oh, somebody passionate about that. Uh, why don't you just put both hands in the air? It's like, I don't care. I just love chili. I just love chili. I just love, just give me the chili. You know, um, it's one of a kind. I, I thought about graters, that graters is one of a kind. Oh my goodness. Those dark chocolate chips are straight from heaven. They're just like manna that falls down inside. And they're real big. It's awesome. I don't know how they keep them so chewy. Um, But I'm not even a raspberry guy. And I love black raspberry chocolate chip. I'm telling you. I'm not even a raspberry guy, but I love it. It's one of a kind. Um, This isn't unique to Cincinnati, uh, but a Chick-fil-A sauce. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I need a moment. Oh, um, it's one of a kind. I love it. Oh, the gospel bird. It's so good. You know, Christian chicken. You know, it's not open today. You got to go to Cane's, you know. Um, no, I, I am, I'm, that's you. I'm fully convinced that Chick-fil-A sauce is going to be in heaven. Um, you're going to be walking down the streets of gold just dipping it in something, you know, like it's, it's going to be so good. I love Chick-fil-A sauce. I started thinking about one-of-a-kind things, and I couldn't help but think about my sons. Uh, actually, here's, here's, here's a picture from a couple of weeks ago uh, here at church when we had fall family fun, and they dressed up. And so uh, my wife, Heather, and I, we, we have two little boys, call them two little consequences of passion. And, um, and on the right is Jordan Holloway, and he's seven. And on the left is Caleb James, and he's, he's four years old. And I'm telling you, like, what amazes me is the fact that um, these two little humans can come from the same person, but yet be so incredibly different. I mean, they're one of a kind. They really are. They're one of a kind. Um, and then I, I started thinking about our dream team. Um, and so, like, dream team around here is code. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So people that are riding golf carts and people that are right now taking care of kids in our amazing kids ministry where they're, they're getting to learn about Jesus, not just have fun. It's not glorified babysitting that literally right now children are like learning about Jesus on their level. Um, and it's amazing. Literally, my kids have quoted scripture because of what's going on in there. And they love church. They can't wait. Sunday's their favorite day of the week. And, you know, we have people there. We have people that are serving and, and playing drums and guitars, and we have people that helped you find seats today, and people that made you coffee, and uh, people that held the door for you, and like our dream team is code actually for like volunteers, but we hate, 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 hate that word uh, because, because what our whole goal is that people get to live out their dream on this team. 
and, uh, and, and we love our dream team. And so, in fact, if, if you serve on our dream team, would you just stand up and just let us just honor you? If you serve on our dream team, you stand up. Oh, oh my goodness, the best team in the world. Y'all are awesome. Love you guys. All y'all. Oh, man, my goodness. Love you guys so much. Um, and then, I, I, and then um, I started thinking about this. Well, I started thinking about one of a kind. Um, I couldn't help but think about our church. I couldn't help to think about Queen City Church, um, that when we stepped out in faith and moved to Cincinnati uh, in January, we, we, knew, we knew one couple. We weren't even sure if they were gonna come to church. Um, and I'm blown away by what all God has done in the first eight weeks of our church. Um, I truly am. Um, the fact that I've gotten to meet so many of you, and if I haven't got a chance to meet you, I'd love to shake your hand and hear your name. And um, more than just people and more than just auditoriums, and there's been so much life change. Uh, there's been so many people that have took steps in their relationship with God. And um, in fact, there's been 88 people that have made a decision that's told us about that decision to make a decision to follow Jesus. And um, it's unreal. And people ask me all the time, I literally get asked every week, how's it going? How you? And the most time, like they're asking like church planners, like it's really bad. I know it is. Like, tell, I'm like, no, 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 this is awesome. Like this, I'm having the time of my life. We're having so much fun. In fact, every time somebody asks me how it's going, I think about this verse in Ephesians chapter three and verse 20. It says, now to him, to God, who is able, God is able. I just want to encourage, I want to stop right there and say, whatever you need in your life, God is able. God is able to do what? Immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. And I promise you this church, for four years, as I've walked through the process of planning this church, I've asked and imagined for God to do huge things. And God, this whole process, it just keeps doing immeasurably more and it just keeps getting better. And I wanna stop right here and give all the glory, all the honor and all the praise to God. All the praise, all the honor. Oh, come on, we can do better than that. Come on, can we thank God for all that he's doing in our church? Yeah. And so today, we just read two passages, John chapter one and Philippians chapter two, that show that Jesus is truly one of a kind. So let me give you two reasons why. Here's the first one. Write this down. Number one, like here's one reason why, why Jesus is one of a kind, because Jesus was 100% God. Jesus was 100% God. Go back to our scriptures in John one, verse one. It says, in the beginning, the word, Jesus, he already existed, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6, says, though he, Jesus, was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. See, this claim is huge. It's shocking. It's actually unheard of. It's unique to Jesus, and it's unique to Christianity. In fact, no other world religion has anyone who has ever walked planet earth and claimed to be God. And in Mark chapter 14 in verse 61 and 62, Jesus has been arrested and he's on trial. And then it says this, but Jesus was silent and made no reply. Then the high priest asked him, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? And Jesus said this. He said, I am. Now, here, here's why that answer, I am, is so significant. 
Because in my Bible, if I look at that scripture, it actually has a footnote that takes me down to the bottom of the page. And it actually says that that phrase, I am, and how he said that phrase, I am, because in my Bible, it just doesn't say I, capital I, and then lowercase a-m. It says I am, it's all capital. And so it says, and it, it actually points back to the same name of God in Exodus chapter three in the Old Testament in verse 14. And it says this, it says, God replied to Moses. This is God talking to Moses. He said, I am, the same thing. I am who I am. Say to the people of Israel, this is the name of God. I am has sent me to you. So go back to that scripture in Mark chapter 14. Jesus, in the face of his accusers that are asking him, are you the Messiah? Are you the son of God? Knowing that his answer would determine whether or not he would be executed on a cross. He didn't just say, yes, I am the Messiah. Yes, I'm the savior. Yes, I'm the son of God. He boldly stood up and said, I am. Meaning he's saying, I am God. And when you search the gospels, and if you don't know what the gospels are, maybe it's like, I've never heard that term. The first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are considered the gospels. And, when you, and they're all the stories, eyewitness accounts of Jesus. And when you study those things and you read through those, those first four books, you will see all these stories of Jesus doing God-like things. You'll see him doing things like forgiving sin, healing sick people, raising people from the dead, walking on water, making blind people see, making paralyzed people walk, casting demons out of people, feeding over 5,000 people with a happy meal, and then having a whole lot of leftovers. You see him stopping huge storms by simply speaking. You see him dying and then walking out of a grave three days later. See, so, so let, me, let me remind you with something. That is not normal. That is not normal things for you and I. Those are things that only God can do. Now, culture wants to tell you that Jesus was simply a good man, that he was a nice man, a moral man, a good teacher. No, Jesus was 100% God. Now, that's point one. Here's number two, that Jesus was 100% human. So Jesus was 100% God and Jesus was 100% human. John chapter one, verse 14, it says, so the word Jesus became human and made his home among us. Philippians chapter two, verse seven, instead he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And this blows me away. This verse says that Jesus as 100% God and out of his love for us, humbled himself and became human. That Jesus set aside the divine privileges of being God and became a man. See this, there's a theological doctrine to this and it's called identification. And um, it's C.S. Lewis, he's a famous author and theologian. He actually calls this the grand miracle. I love that. And if you search through the gospels, if you search through those four books, you'll also see Jesus doing very human-like things. Like, for example, when he didn't eat, he got hungry. You know, like he got thirsty. There's times, even if you read through there, where he gets tired, he cries. 
you know, there's all types of things, but here's one verse that really stood out to me today as I, as, as, as I was studying through this week. It said this, and Jesus, this is Luke chapter two in verse 52. It's actually like the transitional verse. All of a sudden before that, he was like a kid. And then all of a sudden, right after that, he's an adult. He's like 30 years old, okay? Um, and so like, this is the transitional verse. This is kind of like adolescence for Jesus, okay? And it says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. I, I don't know if you just got that. It says that God grew. Isn't that amazing? I don't know, that blows me away when I read my Bible and I see that God grew, I'm like, what? Like, that means he went through the, all the different stages that he grew in wisdom. That means God got smarter, that he learned things. He grew in stature, that means he grew physically. That means he went through all the different stages of life that he was a baby. Sweet baby Jesus. You know, people know, we know. Okay, <laughs> dear baby Jesus. Um, but, you know, like he was a baby and he had dirty diapers. He was a toddler and he learned to talk and he walked. It's not like he was like a little baby and he was just spitting scripture, you know, to everybody, you know? <laughs> yeah, just think about this. He was a teenager. He went through puberty. His voice may be cracked. He had acne, you know? And like that Jesus grew. That, that, that really, that just absolutely blows me away. And so Jesus was 100% God and Jesus was 100% human. He truly is one of a kind. So the real question is for me when I hear that, how is that even possible? How is it possible for somebody to be 100% two things? Because the math doesn't even line up. How can he be 100% God and 100% human? And let me show you how it finally clicked for me. Come on out, come on out. Okay, now be very careful. Okay, so come on out, right here, stand right here. So um, everybody, say, everybody say, what's up to Kona on the, on, the, on the count of three, one, two, three. Yeah, very good. Okay, now, now I'm, I'm gonna burst your bubble. And, and, if, and if you have um, maybe little children that haven't quite understood this yet, I'm sorry. Um, but this is not actually a massive penguin. Uh, I, I would actually be terrified right now if this was an actual penguin. This is actually my friend, Nick. Nick, can you show everybody that this is you? Okay, so this is Nick. That's Nick. It's Nick. Nick. Okay, Nick, you can put that back on. Uh, because here's what I, here's what, here's how, let, let, let me just show you how this, how this works, okay? Um, see, because when Nick stepped inside this penguin, okay, Nick took all the physical attributes of the penguin, okay? You see, Nick is the penguin. But Nick is also Nick. Does that make sense? Nick is the penguin, but Nick is also Nick. So that means when, when Nick moves, the penguin moves, okay? So, so, so when Nick jumps, the penguin jumps. And, go ahead. And when Nick dances, the penguin dances, okay? Yeah, yeah, so good, so good. Very good. See, everything, everything that Nick thinks, likes, enjoys, all of Nick's qualities are inside of the mascot. 
Um, and so Nick is 100% the penguin, and at the same time, he's 100% Nick. So it's the, it's the exact same thing with Jesus. See, this is a picture of Jesus, okay? <laughs> because Jesus, as God, came down from heaven and went inside the form of a human, like Nick, inside of a mascot. And Jesus, as God, was inside of and took all the physical attributes of a human, but he was still 100% God. Everything he liked, thought, and could do as God was now inside a human. See, Jesus was 100% God and at the same time, 100% human. Jesus, where divinity and humanity meet. You see? Why don't you, you give my friend Nick a hand? Kona, thank you so much. Do not crash into that stuff. Okay, thank you. That's awesome. So I, I don't know if that helps. Um, for, for me, that, that helps me tremendously kind of even just wrap my mind around that. So I, I know that that's a pretty strong theological teaching combined with a mascot. Um, but here's the question that I ask. Is like, so What? So that's fine. Okay, I get that. That makes sense to me now. But how does that really affect my life? How does that change my day-to-day -day life? What does that have to do with you and me? Like, why is that important? Why should you even care? And so here's, here's I wanna give you two more points that I think explain why this is such a big deal. Because I think when we get this, it literally changes everything. And here's the first one, write this down. As 100% human, Jesus understands you. That's why that's so important. The fact that as a human, Jesus understands you. He understands your life. He understands what you go through. He understands your struggles. He understands, in fact, listen to this in Hebrews chapter four, in verse 15, it says, Jesus understands he understands every weakness of ours because he was tempted in every way that we are, but he did not sin. Lean in, lean in. Don't miss this. Don't let this just come over your head. Don't let just be something that comes in one ear and out the other. Don't let the common, just we are around Jesus, help us miss the, the beauty and the magnitude of who Jesus truly is. Don't miss this. Jesus understands you and everything that you are going through. And I started thinking about all the things that Jesus truly does understand, that he understands relationships. He understands what it's like to be in a family. And when you stop and think about it, he understands what it's like to, to have a stepdad, that he understands what it's like to be single. And he also understands what it's like to be married. Some of you are like, how, how's that, how's that work? I've read my Bible. Well, many times in scripture, the church is described as the bride of Christ. That the church is actually Jesus' wife. So let me take it a step further. Jesus understands what it's like to have an unfaithful spouse. Jesus understands friendships. He understands what it's like to be deserted by your friends when you need them the most. He understands what it's like to be betrayed by your closest friends. 
Jesus, he, he even understands work. See, he was a carpenter. In fact, he was in the marketplace more than he was in the ministry. See, because most people would adopt the trade of their father and Joseph being a carpenter, he would start it around the age of 12. And scripture makes it very clear that around 30 is when he started his public ministry. So for 18 years, he was a carpenter where for three and a half, he was in ministry. So he actually understands that. He understands what it's like to be in the marketplace. He understands what it's like to pay taxes. He understands temptation. He understands pain. He understands what it's like to lose somebody that you love. He understands anxiety and stress and worry. He understands emotional pain. He understands what it's like to be made fun of. He understands being mocked because of his race. That on the cross, when they hung up a sign mocking him for being king of the Jews. See, he understands being called illegitimate, but because of his birth. He understands physical pain. That he was beaten. Scripture says that he had his beard yanked out. That he had a crown of thorns that was driven into his head. He was whipped 39 times and nails driven into his hands and his feet on a wooden cross. Listen, guys, when that happened, it hurt. It hurt. Because he was 100% human. And as 100% human, Jesus understands you. Here's why the other one's so important. Because number two, as 100% God, Jesus can change your life. So that as 100% human, he understands everything that you go through. But as 100% God, Jesus can change your life. And him being 100% human means that, that he understands us, but Jesus being 100% God means that he's different than you and me. See, when Jesus walked out of a tomb, that means he just doesn't understand what you're going through, that he can change what you're going through. In other words, Jesus has real power, specifically power to change your life, that he has the power to heal, that he has the power to heal your body. He has the power to heal sickness. He has the power to heal your marriage. He has the power to heal your past. He has the power to restore, to restore your purity that was taken from you. He has the ability to, to restore your innocence. He has the ability to restore your, your influence in your family. He has the power to, for you to finally find freedom. He has the power for, to break addictions, to break the thing that's been gripping at you for such a long time, the thing that you've tried so hard to shake, but you trying hard, trying over and over and over and over again. I'll just try harder this week and you just keep failing. He has the power to break that. He has the power to break generational patterns. He has the power to break self-destructive habits. 
He has the power to break racism and hate and division. He has the power to give you purpose. And some of you, you feel like you don't have any purpose. Statistically speaking, 80% of people in church don't even know their purpose. Jesus has the power to give you purpose for you to know the reason why you're breathing. He has the ability to do that. He has the power to use you to make a difference no matter what you've been through, no matter how much you've messed up, that he has the power to use you in different ways. He has the power, get this, to bring peace right in the middle of the hardest thing that you've ever gone through in your life. He has the power to give you peace that pass, I love what scripture says. It describes it as this. It's not peace that you and I can just talk ourselves into having, that he has the ability to give you power and peace that passes all understanding. Let me tell you, Middle Tennessee, what that means for me. That means peace that doesn't make sense. That Jesus can give you today peace that doesn't even make sense. In the middle of chaos, he can give you peace. It also means that Jesus has a power to bring joy. I'm not talking about happiness. I'm not talking about something circumstantial. I'm talking about he has the ability to fill you with joy that no matter what you're going through, that you can have. He has the power to forgive your sins, to wipe the slate clean. He has the power to give you a brand new life. And above that, he has the power to give you the best life that you and I could ever possibly live on this planet. And here's the cool thing. He and he alone has the power to give you not just abundant life, but he has the power to give you eternal life. That you can spend eternity in God with heaven. I love this in John chapter 14 and verse six, Jesus talking. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me, that there's not a bunch of ways. There's Jesus. That there's not a, a bunch of truth. There's not multiple truths. There's Jesus. That there is not multiple lives. The real life is found in Jesus. And you can try to live life without Jesus, but it really is no life at all. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I love what C.S. Lewis, he says this. Um, it's, a, it's a great quote. He says, Jesus claims, because when he stood up and said, I am, in the Bible in multiple places says that Jesus is God. Jesus claims to be God are so clear that we have only three ways to respond to him. Jesus is either a lunatic, meaning he's straight cray cray. Okay, it's crazy. It's a loco, okay? Or he's a liar. And all the things that he says aren't true. Or there's a third option, that he's Lord. And so my question to, to you today, as we close, as we hear these truths about Jesus, that over the last four weeks, we've been able to dive into to God's word and see exactly who Jesus is. And I believe that when we see who Jesus is, we really see who we are. And that the more we get to know Jesus, the more we just fall in love with Jesus. So for you, I think the question is, who do you say that Jesus is? 
See a lunatic? See a liar? There's a Lord. That for you, if you had to fill in that sentence that we've been doing this entire series, Jesus is blank. What would you say? Now, let me ask you just even a little bit more specific. If I were to follow your life and put a webcam on you that everywhere you went, there was a broadcast of your life. Forget about what you say. What would your life say fills in that blank? And that's not to bring condemnation, but I hope it does bring conviction that leads to like, you know what? Because here's what I can tell you what we're passionate about here. We're passionate about not playing church. That we're not here just to go through motions. That we're here to dive in, to see what God has to say. Not what a man has to say, but what God has to say so that we can walk out of this place different than when we walked in. And so here's my question, church. How is Monday gonna be different because of our Sunday? How is our Monday gonna be different? Every place that we go, everywhere we go, that we're that light into darkness. Everywhere that we go, that every single place that we go, our lives are screaming, Jesus is whatever we would fill it in. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. I just want you right there in kind of this private moment, not being a distraction to anybody to your left or to your right. I just want you to ask God, ask God, what are you speaking to me today? What are you speaking to me? Maybe ask God, what should my response be? How can my Monday look different because of my Sunday? And we wanna give you an opportunity that if you never made the decision to give your life to Jesus, we wanna give you that opportunity right now. Because just like that, that screen said and had that quote that Jesus either a lunatic, a liar, or a Lord, some of you, maybe you've never made the decision to make Jesus the Savior, the Lord of your life. And we wanna give you that opportunity because maybe you're here today and you know that your relationship with God is not where it needs to be. It's just, let's just put it that simple. It's either you know my relationship with God is where it needs to be or it's not. That's it. We don't have to go through semantics of what that means, what that looks like. Do I raise a hand? Do I come to the front? Do I pray a prayer? Do I get dunked in water? Like, what's the case? I just want you to just simply ask, where's my relationship with God right now? And if you want to make a decision right here to follow Jesus, just like so many people have made that decision, maybe it's for the very first time. Maybe you've never made that decision before. Maybe you're new to this whole church thing and you're hearing about Jesus and something's clicking today. Let me tell you what that is. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, drawing you to have a relationship with him. And maybe for some of you, you've had that in the past, but you've gone off and you've done your own thing. And today you wanna make a fresh commitment to follow Jesus. Either way, I'm gonna ask you to just, in the privacy of this moment, nobody's gonna be looking around, just so you can acknowledge before God that that's the decision you want to make on the count of three. If that's the decision you wanna make, I just want you to raise your hand. That's it, okay? We're not gonna point you out. We're not gonna embarrass you. We're not gonna draw you to the front. We're not gonna make you go into a side room. We're not gonna make nothing, nothing weird, nothing awkward. 
It's just a sign for you to say, God, I'm just making this decision. If that's you on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. If you don't make that decision, I want to follow Jesus. Just raise it up high. That's cool. Awesome. Proud of you. Proud of you. Proud of you. That's awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else? I want to make that decision today. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, church, can we, let's just pray this. Pray this together. Let's pray this in your heart. Just say, God, just thank you so much for loving me. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for defeating death for me. Thank you for the empty tomb. And today we repent from our sin. We say that we're sorry. We just don't want to say sorry with our words, but we want to say sorry with our lives. And so God, we turn and we go the different direction. And not only that, we don't try self-help, but God, we invite you into our heart. We invite you into our lives all over again. Every single one of us that have ever made that decision, even right now, we make that decision fresh to invite you into every single part of our life, 100%. And from this moment on, we wanna follow you in every area with everything that we have for the rest of our life. God, I thank you for what you've done in here. And God, I just pray right now for any person that's in here that needs your power to change something in their lives. God, whether it's freedom from something, whether it's a relational issue, whether it's a marriage that's on the rocks, whether it's financial break, whatever the case is, God, I pray that right now, would you just do something amazing in people's lives? Because you do have power. Because you're not like us. You're 100% God. And you have the power to change our lives. We thank you. And it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People. 